a new edition of the Sheffield Steelers podcast. First of all, we're joined by head coach Aaron Fox. And Aaron, well, you can't win them all sexually, and uh, this was more of a grind tonight, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I thought they came in with a good game plan. They sat back in a 1-4 and, and forced us to try to play through it. And early on, we, you know, we didn't do a great job of that. I thought our, we, our game got better as, as the night went on. Um, you know, their goaltending was also very good tonight. And, Again, we've we've won, like you said, we've won prettier hockey games than we did tonight. But they're they're all two points, and you know we'll close the book on this one pretty quick and get ourselves ready and focus to go for a big road game tomorrow in Coventry. How important was it to get that goal just before the end of the first period break? Yeah, you know that was a great goal from Ebbs. That was a solo effort there, good turnover there at the blue line, um, great shot. We end up going down two one after that goal anyway. But uh, again, we're a resilient group. We know we can score goals. Um, Tonight we just it just took us a little bit longer than we would have liked to, to to get rolling. Yeah, fans got behind you at the end as well, didn't they? It really got loud in there. I think everybody kind of sensed the uh, the the importance of the victory. No, absolutely. Um, every point matters right now, and sometimes you just got to find a way to win hockey games. Maybe when you're not at your best, and, and tonight was was one of those nights. Again, another huge crowd um, this late in the year. Um, great weekend with the Pride weekend here as well. You know, the inclusion for for everyone on that is is also excellent. And I was just, again, I'm just going to close the book and not lose any sleep over the way we played tonight and, and get ourselves ready for tomorrow. Yeah, it's not how, it's how many, isn't it? Absolutely. We've yeah. got to keep collecting here. Yeah, just talk to us about Coventry a little bit tomorrow. That's always a tough place to go. And we haven't been there for a while, have we? And yeah. they've, they've made some new additions, especially in the goaltending department. Yeah, we've, we haven't played them in two months. Um, our last game down there was... You know, we ended up getting a, a, a pretty good win, but I thought they were all over us first 10 minutes of that hockey game. Um, hard place to go play. Things happen a little bit faster down there because because of the small sheet. And that CJ Mott's a, a really good goalie. I've, I've known him. I've recruited him a little bit over, over the years, and he's given them a chance to win every night. I think they've, uh, you know, they're in some pretty good form, and they didn't have a game tonight as well, so they've had a full week of rest. And um, But, you know, like I said, it's... At this time of the year, every game matters. Our guys understand that we have a veteran group, so I know we'll be dialed in tomorrow. Okay, congratulations. Thanks. Top job. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Jonathan, where are you, Jonathan? There you are. Oh, I'm glad you've got your book open tonight, Jonathan, because it could... Uh, I wonder where we go with this one. It was, uh, it was a nervy affair, wasn't it? Really, right off the, the bat, it, it didn't have a, a lot of flow to it. That's all credit to the way Manchester set up. They made it difficult. Um... Did they take the crowd out of the game as well? They tried. They, yeah, they did their best, didn't they? I think they did. I mean, Rock the Block kept kept it up for as much as they could. But the Steelers, when they're at their best, they attack with speed. And because of the one four that, that Aaron mentioned, they were just lined up along the blue line, and the Steelers couldn't skate through them. And we didn't go to a sort of a chip and chase because that's not really the way the Steelers want to play. It's not the way the you know when the Steelers are at their best. And there was not really much in that first period from a Steelers perspective. And then. One giveaway from Fawcett and Eberle's off the other way. And even after that, the Steelers never really got into a, a great rhythm. They got one goal just as a, a power play ended. So although Gagnon's out of the box, he's not back into the play. There's then one straight from a face-off and an empty netter. It's not, they're not goals that'll live long in the memory, but every season has games like this. Last season, we would have lost that game for sure. Yeah. Uh, this season, we're, uh, we're on the right side of it. Open your book a second. Give us the, uh, give us the numbers today on the, old, uh, on the, on the special teams. Well, uh, special teams, Steelers were 0 for 6 tonight, but a couple of those were, 
were shortened ones because of other penalties mm. that were called elsewhere. And there was one goal scored after a penalty had expired, but before yeah, Gagnon yeah. could get back into the play. So, um, penalty kill-wise, uh, Steelers killed all three of Manchester's power plays. Eberle had a four-point night, a goal and three assists. It's rolling for him right now, isn't it? Fantastic, yeah. I was looking at some stats. The Elite League website does the stats by league and cup. So you have to add them together to get some overall totals. And he's now second, oh, well, yeah, third in the league on even strength goals. Kevin DeFore and Sam Herr both had 20 before tonight. That's now Eberly's 19th even strength goal. So you think about the other players that are ahead of him on the Steelers roster. Well, they're all padding it with power play goals. Yeah. And Eberly, not so much he's getting it done. In this case today, let's, four on four. Let's go find him. Let's go find him. We'll uh, take a wander down, see if Ebbs uh, walks out of the building tonight. Huge game for Manchester tomorrow right? against Dundee. That's a mm. proper four-pointer, isn't it, for them? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's big games at both ends of the uh, table as well. You've got Cardiff and Nottingham as well that the Seals will be very interested in. So... Lots of uh, lots of big games as the season goes on, but uh, everyone's doing scoreboard watching. I know you made a big deal of the, the latest from Nottingham, yeah. and suddenly the Steelers' lead over the Panthers is 11 points, but there's uh, a lot of big games to go. The uh, We're not going to get it, but he's doing the signing, isn't he? He's doing the signing. There's Jonathan Phillips. He's uh, just walked out of the uh, Sheffield Steelers dressing room. If we go and position ourselves by the door where he can't walk past without seeing us, then we'll... Uh, We'll, uh, we'll grab him. Marco, oh, as he chips out. Quick quick word on the old podcast. Uh, it was a tough one tonight, wasn't it? Grind out. Yeah, I didn't like the way we started the game. Um, we didn't t- take it. We didn't do what uh, we were successful. Um, we didn't do the things that got us successful the last two games. And, uh, yeah, it took, it took, a, it took us a while to, to get in our, in our game plan. Yeah. Let's just quickly talk about tomorrow, going back to your old uh, old barn. They're playing very well, aren't they, at the moment, Coventry? It's going to be a real tough test. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's that time of the year where every game's important right now, and uh, um, Coventry's playing some good hockey, so we had to go there. And, and uh, like I said, we have to do the things that got us successful against Cardiff, against Belfast last weekend. Your goal tonight will go down as the, the game-winning goal. Talk us through it, because it seems to touch everybody by surprise. Um, we, yeah, I, I, I asked Conley at the face-off if we, he wanted a shooter behind him, and he said no. Um, and then when the puck kind of stayed in the, in the circle, um, I just took that spot, and then uh, the puck just popped right into me, and then just I, I took a shot, and uh, good things happen when you throw out the net. He does indeed. Big mics after you, I think, to take you into the sponsor's names, Mark. Thank you. Hey, top job, fella. Where did, where did Jono go? Where did you? Congratulations, Steve. It's about time I sold you a winning ticket, just a £3,200. And there's a few quid going for the boys for a drink. Hey, that's very kind of you, very kind. Top job. Very happy to see you there. Terrific. Tanner next week. Another terrific crowd. Jono, Jono, just a a quick uh, moment. How how juicy is Steve eh, to win the 50-50 tonight? eh? 3,200 quid. But I understand he's given the boys a couple of quid. He has, yeah. He's given us some some pennies, which is nice for him. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll put that to good use, I'm sure. I'm sure you will. Just talk us through that game. You can't win them all sexily, can you? And we had to grind that one out. Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously, I don't think it was the the best of starts, the, the, the cleanest of games, but... You know, this time of year, it's just about getting the job done, isn't it, sometimes? And, um, you know, we obviously, we obviously did that. Uh, we've had a lot of hockey lately over the, the Christmas period. And, um, you know, I think you've just got to be happy that, you know, you don't let a game run away and, you know, you stay in the fight right right the way through and you come away with the points. And, you know, that's um, I think that's, that's the beauty of our team right now. The way Manchester set up tonight, particularly in that first period with the 1-4, 
How difficult was that to break down? I think you you just find that we you start to overplay, you start trying to skate into that four and you know try and making moves at the blue line, not not you know make, just making a little chip and getting in on the puck and um, yeah, so it, it did kind of I think it frustrated us a little bit at, at uh, the beginning of the game, but you know we we adjusted and and, and, and found our found our feet and and got the win. So it's um, no, I think that's a that's that's a huge two points because that's a that's a team that don't give up. Yeah. And of course, they're fighting for something as well, aren't they? They're they're in a battle. Yeah, every, every team is fighting for something right now, and um, you know, you just know they they're not going to give up at any point of the season, are they? That you know, they, I don't think is uh, especially not in Finna. Uh, the players they've got there, they work hard. They're honest people. So, yeah, it's um, yeah. I think this this last run in is going to be a, a very in, interesting one. Got uh, a little chippy, didn't it, at the end? What a, what a run. You see, Trans- see, see Transisky, Tra- was it Transisky or was it, Yar- no, it was Carl Yarny. Carl Miner, he landed a monster hit, didn't he? He got things going a bit. Yeah, and, you know, it's uh, obviously, I think it's, it's kind of like the playoffs are starting already, aren't they? You know, yeah. it's, it, this, is, this is playoff time for us. and um, So, you know, these, uh, these plays are kind of a must. Yeah. I was just looking for Tanner, who was just coming in. Jonathan, tell Jonathan your great stats that you've just told me about Tanner Eberly. Have a listen to this one, Jonathan. He's, uh, in all games, League and Cup, second in the league on even strength goals. Kevin DeFore and Sam Hur are one ahead of him, unless Sam Hur scored tonight. I don't know, we've got Nottingham's goals, but 19 even strength goals. The other two only have 20. It honestly doesn't surprise me. The, the, He's playing the, great, isn't he? Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, I think his work ethic is, he creates it all himself. Um, he's, he's, he's good on the puck, he's, he's fast, he's, he's got a great shot. Um, and he just works hard, you know, and, and everything he gets, he deserves. So What's he great. doing different to last year? I think he's just got, you know, players around him and he's just got that confidence. He's, you know, he was new to the league last year, so he's kind of discovering, um, discovering kind of what the, what the league is all about. And um, it's just, he, uh, you know, he, he's just, he found his feet quick and, you know, he's playing with some great players, and but he's 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 creating he's creating for them. Okay, Mike's just snatched him off us. Actually, we'll we'll grab him a bit. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you. Take care. Watch you, you go. Hold on a second. I think unlucky Anthony. My baby, Anthony. Hey, come and talk to us. You ran away from the webcast after one period. Oh, did he? Running away from oh, this one. Oh, he didn't. You ran away from the webcast. Ah, oh. uh, Aaron's kind of giving us a little bit of good news, saying that it's uh, you could be back on the ice next week. Is that uh, in your head as well? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't want to rule it out. At the same time, uh, I don't want to give anyone false hope that I will yeah. be there and I won't. But I don't I think mean, he was saying next weekend. He was saying that you'll be on the ice next oh, week yeah. practicing. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely, yeah. Towards the end of the week, I'll definitely be on the ice for sure. Um, yeah, we're just going to go day by day and see how the pain, you know, hopefully it goes away at one point. But uh, yeah, Is he still there now? Yeah, definitely is, yeah. Ross. I mean, I usually play through a lot, so um, I would have... If I was able, I would have definitely played today. But, I mean, uh, clearly I wasn't, but obviously I would have liked to be out there. Yeah. Um, the point I was just going to make there was that with the break coming up the week after, it almost like gives you a little bit of extra time, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course. I think it's a, it's obviously it's an unfortunate situation, but at the same time, you know, it, it is good timing for that. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, like I said, we take it day by day, and hopefully every day it gets better and... You know, the first three days I thought I'd be fine and yeah. getting getting going after four or five days, but obviously the the pain, you know, just sticks around. That's the 
It's a waiting game that sucks. Well, these, these boys are doing well for you, though, aren't they, while you're not in the lineup, they're, they're playing great. Yeah, of course, yeah. We Sometimes you just got to get whatever you can take type thing, and that was one of those games right now. Uh, obviously, Dubo is really good for us, and we get a couple uh, couple opportunities that you just got to you know, bear down on, and we did. So, obviously, really good to get a win. Uh, go, uh, go into tomorrow's game in a positive note there. Okay, top man. Thanks yeah, for thank speaking you. to us. We'll uh, move here just to catch Tanner when he comes out. Speaking of Duba, uh, Manchester Duba. shot the Steelers tonight, yes. 35-29. But was there any point during that third period when you thought Manchester should have scored? Not really, no. Plenty of shots no. that came in on him, but none... They had a two-on-one, didn't they? And the guy took the shot where took the guy the was open and yeah, he was in possibly, the far end. Yeah. yeah, possibly there. But again, Duba's got his angle spot on at that. He's square to that. We saw the replay from the, the closing camera and there's, there's not a lot of goal to shoot at on that one. But, you know, that came, you know, when Steelers were on the power play right at the end. The only thing that could hurt them was a short-handed one, and they gave up a two-on-one going the other way. But although we've seen it a few times from the Steelers this season, when they've had a lead in the third period, they've held on well, and they've not had too many late dramas. They've not caused themselves late problems. Davey, top job, fella. Just a quick word. Good, Eddie. Congratulations on the man of the match. Thank you. It only took four years, but <laughs> I think I got the sympathy vote, but anyway, I'll take it. You never get the sympathy vote. It was, uh, it was a gutsy one we had to battle through tonight, and you and the defensive core were, uh, had to be on your game. Yeah, third period would come good there. Um, bit of a different type of game to the kind of the recent games we've, we've had there, kind of sat back a little bit and... I think it took us a few periods to a little bit longer there to kind of adjust. So, uh, but no, two points and uh, like I said, this time of year, that's all we want to do and kind of just move on from it now. Pete Russell was apparently watching our webcast tonight, so that certainly helps. Yeah, I think he's seen me play enough times to know what. <laughs> he's doing well, isn't he? They're in second place. Yeah, now, aren't they they yeah he's yeah, he's known me since I was 14, so yeah. Hey, well, you did a great yeah, job. Thank you. The same tomorrow. And in other good news, Corey Nelson's team's yeah. in the relegation uh, playoff. Do we moment. still have to wish ill on him? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Definitely. No. If he could actually take that team down, it'd be terrific. What about Cade Nielsen? Can we cheer his son on at least? No. No. At all. No. No. He's exactly the same as he's. No. 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 We can't. Um, okay. A couple of others. Well, we can cheer on Robert Farmer because he's doing terrifically well, and uh, yeah. they're uh, they're as pleased as punch with him. My understanding is he's already selling there as well next year, but uh, whether that would still apply if they did get relegated and us. They'd have to play in that play-up, play-down yeah. series, and it's unlikely that they would uh, lose out to an Oberliga team, but uh, I still like the fact that they're in the bottom bit. A couple of uh, notes from tonight. Uh, Valorant and Connolly both went to the 50-point mark on the season in yeah. the League and Cup. Uh, Valorant to 51, Connolly to 50, and Everly one behind his uh, four-point nights, which has taken him up to 49. So, League and Cup, we've got two at the 50 mark, and Everly just one short. Okay. I'm thinking, do we drag this on a little bit more? Have we got much more to talk about? Or well, we'll wait for Eberle to come out. There's a lot Let's, of players in the players' lounge tonight because of the, uh, the teddy bears, the yeah. meet and greet for those hey, who the, the, And uh, the you can play thing went down great tonight, didn't it? The it's video at the start, yeah. everybody's got the faces painted. It, it, it's gone down really well. Across the whole league. Fantastic, yeah, and we'll get another night of it again tomorrow with uh, when everyone else has their home games and gets to showcase uh, their pride uh, new shirts as well. And it's... You know, everyone is welcome at the arena and we want the fans who've been coming for years to, to really feel like they are and any potential new fans that were thinking about it but weren't sure if hockey was the right environment for them, this is the weekend and this is the game when we can show. Yes, I don't think it's ever been in question here. that 
anybody, black, white, fat, thin, gay, straight, couldn't come here. But sometimes it needs a weekend like this to encourage them to come maybe for the absolutely. first time. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, because, you know, this, uh, this isn't a sport that discriminates. Again, if, if you can play, you can play. And if you want to watch, then you can come and watch as well. And, you know, the Steelers for years prided themselves on, on being the family and... You know, everyone was uh, always welcomed into the family as, you know, the new family members for every yeah. every new signing. And, you know, we want to sort of create that kind of identity again. And uh, it was uh, a really nice night and uh, looking forward to more again uh, again next season. I'm sure this will be, uh, be a regular thing. thing. Absolutely. Yeah, a regular yeah. thing. And I think they'll probably start doing more weekends as well. That might, mm. you know, whether it's a service the Armed Forces weekend or whether it's a mental health weekend or other things mm. like that. And it's good that the league can do that. Let's just go around the rinks with the Steelers Sports Bar. Um, at one point, Cardiff went 2-0 up, 5 brought it back to 2-2. I guess we all got our hopes up a little bit. But, but Cardiff, they ain't going to lose three straight, are they? I just can't see Fife beating anyone right now. They look, they look gone. Mm-hmm. They've, they've just fallen off a cliff and you can't see where the next one's coming from the really worrying thing up there is the crowds are dropping and you know they love their hockey up there as much as anyone so when the fans aren't turning up to watch there's there's something seriously wrong and Todd Dutiam's got a, a heck of a job to try and turn that around because you know the games are running out and teams are starting to pull away from them. they've had a good night tonight and that Manchester haven't got anything and, and Glasgow haven't got uh, got anything either but they have to win some games Fife and uh, shouldn't see where those wins are going to come from against anybody isn't it yeah, enough I mean, wins one thing tonight was Finucci got himself a point so he's the Flyers leading scorer in elite league play now so he takes uh, takes that but uh, you know the Steelers have still got to go to Fife in, uh, in February um, and that is never easy there I don't no, care no it's not I mean I, I, the three rinks Manchester, Fife and Coventry are all rinks that scare me at times yeah I mean, the Steelers have won there twice this season including one game when they scored 10 but it's never one that you circle as a win beforehand no no uh, let's go uh, to Belfast uh, Glasgow three games in three nights they only have two nights off before they come here then on uh, Wednesday is this going to be Tanner no it's not Tanner Eberle it's Hayley the photographer um, so Belfast right now Oh, got back on wheelways. Glasgow, though. I understand Fitzgerald played tonight. That's yeah, that's what, what, that he, that's what he mentioned. Why would you play the second night of a five-on-three? Why wouldn't you have played last night against Dundee and then taken tonight off? You're in Belfast and then gone back for the other home game and played. Seems strange. Did, I don't, and I haven't seen the lineup. I don't know if Fitzy did play. Yeah, his his explanation to, to Free Sports yesterday was that. Um, Liam Stenton was available to obviously be off with uh, on his two-way deal Saturday and Sunday so if Stenton was available he can play and he set up the first goal for, for Glasgow uh, on Friday night um, with a shot that, that got a nice rebound but Fitzgerald had room to play as well so you know that was the game that they really know what's wrong with British Isles hockey right here right now what's wrong mm. is that there's a lad on a two way who's got a chance to play mm. and the team in the lower what's his two way team I'm not sure no. uh, but whichever that. team it is shame on him but you've got a guy there who can play well, unless proper it's, minutes unless it's Finner's decision that... Pro- no he won't be Fitz's decision to let him go and play or want to Sorry, play him so it's um, if that is the case if it isn't I apologise but I won't be wrong on this one and Alex, that, Alex Graham was man of the match for the Steel Dogs tonight yeah I mean they lost 7-1 but he was man of the match but it, hey I, I still think that if 
you know, you've got a guy in a two-way and you have an opportunity to play, and he would have an opportunity to play mm. well, they're short-handed. For him not to go on, that's where the two-way system is wrong, that it's the lower team that owns the rights. It should mm. never be that. It should always be the higher team that, that owns the rights. So Belfast win. Um, and then I guess the nottingham Guildford is the other one we have to just chat about. Yeah, I mean, Nottingham led twice in that game at 1-0 and 2-1, and Guildford, who've shouldn't struggle for goals but have um, finally found a few uh, in that second period and, and pulled away the the decision that they made during the week to release Cam Brace um, he was one of their imports that just on the surface just certainly wasn't putting up many points and was struggling and uh, you know, it's addition by subtraction, it seems. They've uh, got themselves a big road win. Congratulations, Tanner Eberlich. We've got a great stat for you. Wait for this, wait for this, wait for this. Go on. OK, you are second in the league in even strength goals in all competitions. That's some going, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, it's uh, part of my game. And, uh, you know, I don't always get on the power play, so I know five on five I have to be, I have to be good for our team to uh, succeed. Yeah. Talk us through tonight's uh, effort, the whole game. Uh, you know, Manchester, uh, they they played actually a, a strong game plan. They stuck to their game plan, kept it simple, clogged up the neutral zone really well on us. And, uh, you know, they're a type of team that kind of sits back and waits for you to make mistakes. And I felt like we were trying a little too hard in the first and second. But uh, as we got into our ozone play in the third period, we kind of uh, gained some momentum. And, you know, not every game is going to be pretty, but, uh, you know, Manchester played hard tonight and we're just happy to get two points. You opened the scoring tonight. Talk us through that first one just as the clock was counting down. Yeah, uh, they were coming down. Our bench was yelling like 3 2 1 and just so that guy would try and shoot it. So he turned it over. And when I got it, I thought the period was basically over. And then they started yelling 10 again. So I was pretty confused. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, the guy kind of took Mike away on the pass, so I just uh, shot and uh, able to beat Ginner on that one. You didn't want to pass that anyway, did you? <laughs> uh, me and Ginner always kind of have a little thing in warm-ups where I always tell him to score on him, so uh, I felt pretty good to score on him. Did you know him back home? Uh, no, I just kind of knew him yeah. through. Buzzio was really good friends with him, so I've got to meet him over the last couple of years. And uh, yeah, he's a good guy, and uh, he's a really good goalie, so anytime I can beat him uh, is great. Talk us through Coventry tomorrow, because you've played there enough times now. That, that's always a tough barn. I know we won well earlier in the year, but it's a tough place to go, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a really tough rink. Smaller rink, but very fast rink, so uh, we got to make our decisions a little quicker than we did tonight. But. Um, yeah, it's just a little bit of a road trip, but the uh, biggest thing in that rink, I think, is uh, getting getting a, getting off to a good start and trying to put one or two by them and uh, just kind of go from there. But, um, yeah, every game's huge right now, and uh, we, we just need to try and get the job done tomorrow. We were speaking earlier about how well the Steelers have seen out the tight games they've played this season in the third period. And again today, there were very few dramas as that game went on. How calm is it on the bench when it is just a one-goal game and one moment can can change everything? Uh, it's been good, actually, compared to the start of the season. You know, the start of the season when the team got up a couple of goals, we are kind of getting mad at each other on the bench. And uh, I feel like now that we know, everyone's confident that we can come back and score those goals. So I feel like it's a lot more calmer on the bench. Everyone's kind of just like, all right, boys, relax. We know we, know we can score in bunches. We just got to make it happen. Okay. And you've got Thank that you. unflappable character of Duba behind anyway. Absolutely, he's been unreal for us. Mum's waiting. Yeah. She's waiting. She's waiting. See you later, Mum. Yeah. See you, Dad. <laughs> Let's go and uh, 
Where's the young pop Alex tonight? It's, it's, uh, He's on match report duty, I think. He's. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm so glad I don't have to do that now. He takes him off podcast duty, though, so we, uh, we miss him. But, uh, Danny, everything okay? All good. What, everybody all right? All good. Sure? Yeah. Okay. He, he runs away from a microphone. BBC Radio Sheffield. You coming in to join us? Or you yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah, go yeah, come in and join well. us. It worked. It worked well. It worked well last week. Let's have a, a little chat. And here is the uh, the other two pups. And uh, you're in now, Dean. You're in now. Are we all grabbing chairs, boys? Are we all grabbing chairs. Um, firstly, Alex, what what's been said on the old social media? A great deal of positivity and a lot of discussion. What's the discussion about? What's the talking point? I think the incident um, between Sandstrom and Gin. Uh, I missed that one. What happened there? Uh, well, Gin came out to play the puck, and as I've spoken about with Duba before, you know, goalies feel that they are open to contact when they do leave the crease. And it was, from how I saw it, it was just stick-on-stick stick contact, really. Yeah, we, we couldn't see any no. body contact on the replay. It just skated through yeah. Gin's stick, essentially. And then Gin took a bit of a, a, well, a tumble, a dive. I don't know what you want to call it. It wasn't much of anything, really. On spitting chiclets, as I was listening, driving up it, trying to stay awake, um, now there's a rule in the NHL. If you get caught for diving, it's like a, it's a fine. And you can get up to a five-game suspension if you're caught uh, diving. It's uh, I don't know, there'd be a few players in this league that would be uh, a little bit broke, wouldn't I? Um, I'm just coming to a point. I heard Aaron speaking to Pete Spencer, joins us from BBC Radio Sheffield. And Pete, I heard Aaron say to you um, because Finner was up in arms, wasn't he? As mm. Finner would be. Um, we love him, but he's going to be up in arms and the style of player that Ryan was and Ryan would bump into the odd goalie um, and then I, I loved it when Aaron just goes and then now he's like a soft coach in that sense he's, he's, he's I think there's a little bit of animosity between those two there has been in Manchester and there was again tonight it was interesting I specifically hung an ear around Alex's interview with, with Ryan post the game to see what he had to say about that incident to then put that to Aaron because as you said there is that bit of animosity about between the two coaches and and it's a it's an interesting relationship obviously with Ryan obviously being former Sheffield and Aaron kind of being the the new the new era kind of thing um and that was a really interesting comment what he said about Ryan the way that Ryan played the game when he was a, a player to obviously moan about those that or have an issue with with that kind of play and those kind of players now is a little bit kind of hypocritical in in Aaron's eyes um and as I then kind of delved a bit deeper and, and thought, asked him what he thought about the incident itself. And he said, you know, I, I said, is he fair game if he's outside the crease, essentially? And he said, well, I don't think he's fair game, but, you know, Sandstrom's got every right to try and play the puck. And as Jonathan said, going through the stick, you know, he's not playing the body. He's not run the goalie. He's well within his rights to play that puck. But it's certainly an incident that have got the fans talking. It is. What did Ryan say in his post game? Did he mention it? Um, yeah, he did mention it. He's, one of the lines was um, hinting that we've got, I think it was three Academy Award winning actors on this side. <laughs> I, did, I didn't ask which. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he wasn't impressed. He, he mentioned how the game's becoming more like soccer, as he said, than ice hockey. But then when them incidents happen and you've either got to see it one way or you don't see it at all because he it's fine if it's that way and you can do it and but then when we're diving and everything else but if it's his own 
players that are on help in the situation. He's got the same one eye as the rest of us, let me tell you. Jonathan thinks he's still at school as our maths teacher because he's just put his hand up in the air to ask a question. So, Jonathan? <laughs> no, it's, it's just, it goes back to something we were talking about at the start of the season. And one of the issues that many people had about the Steelers team is where's the team toughness? Not so much where's the enforcer, where's the toughness? Who's going to stand up to anyone who comes after our goalie? Well, tonight, Matthew Gagnon stood up for his goalie and went after the player who collided with him and got two minutes for roughing. And enjoy watching the video as he's coming out of the penalty box chasing after Lemchigoff, who gives it to Armstrong, who scores. How much has standing up for your goalie helped Manchester tonight? It's cost them the lead. They were 2-1 up and they take a penalty they don't have to. But hey, it sent a message. Well, okay. I said before I wouldn't trade Gagnon for a bag of used books. Not in this league today, right now. And there's a way of being tough as a team. You only have to look mm. as far as Yanni Kolomainen and Lucas Sandstrom in that third period. You know, the two hits that Kolomainen puts in on Balmer and Gagnon, ironically. Was that Balmer and Kolomainen on Balmer, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, they both went absolutely oh. flying. But that's how to be physically tough in this day and age. And I think Aaron's kind of found that balance with those players. And it was for the first, I was sat amongst the fans tonight and it was the first time a lot of them were saying, that's what I expected when Kolomainen came into the league. And I think now he's found his feet starting to show that physicality. It took Sandstrom a while, but he's he's now somebody I think we all like very much. And, and, And Yanni as well. He's a big man. I wouldn't want to get run over by him. No, and I think Pete alluded to there, he used his, his size to perfect execution tonight and that is the kind of toughness that I think this team needs certainly but the things like the Gagnon incident is it just puts you on the back foot and I I haven't spoken to the guys before and Duba before about it that if somebody did take a run at Duba there is no question in anybody's mind that somebody on that team would step in when it was needed but we haven't really seen an incident. I haven't seen. I haven't seen us go after goalies. I know people keep yeah. going on about it, but, but it, teams don't help the themselves. We, 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 go, we go to the net. We regularly go to the net. We've got the kind of players that are going to go to the net. Are going to try and get those scrappy, dirty goals. Inevitably, then you're going to get a bit of goal, keep the goalie contact. There's not a chance in hell that any one of those boys on the ice is purposely running any goalies. Not a chance. That's Dean Woolley, actually, photographer. Well, second <laughs> photographer after Hayley. But um, uh, we've got a stat for you. You know how you like your stats. You ready for this? You'll be tweeting this out later. Okay. Be tweeting this out. We've told everybody, but JJ's got a stat. JJ, you've told oh, it three right, times. Yeah. yeah, he's told it three times on this <laughs> podcast. But Pete will want it. It'll lead the sport tomorrow. Yeah, so um, the Elite League website has stats listed by league games and cup games. If you want to know the total, you've got to add them together. You I always do that. Prefer, You're a maths teacher. Yeah, I always prefer to add them together. So when I did that, um, looking through how many even strength goals everybody had scored, tonight Tanner Eberle scored his 19th. Uh, Kevin Defoe's on 20, Sam Hur's on 20, so Eberle is, well, third on his own, but there's only one goal separating him from the league lead of even strength goals. And the point I'd make here is we all talk about, again, you talk all the good leagues, the NHL, the DL, they, 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 they talk so much about their special teams and that's where you win, but you've got to have players who can contribute five on five and score five on five, and that's where Eberle has just been terrific. Yeah, and especially with those top shelf finishes, I mean, it's almost, when he comes in on the on the right wing, you almost expect him to pick the top corner now, don't you? And you think that's the player that you want in the high slot area, and I think Eberle, he's a different Different gravy from last year, isn't he, really? Completely. And, and, and we asked Jonathan Phillips earlier what a change. He said, 
been around better players and whatever, mm-hmm. and in, in in a different environment. But uh, he is a completely unrecognisable almost. Confidence. It it just he just he just was his confidence for me this year. I think every single one of us would have taken Eberly back mm. uh, last year. Every single one of us thought he was one of the shining stars on on what was let's be honest about it, a poor Sheffield team last year. I don't think any of us expected what we're getting now. I mean, for me, he's as, he's, he's close to a sniper. He's close to somebody I'd describe as a, sli- a sniper. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, it was interesting. I had a chat with him on Wednesday. We've got a. Um, a set of interviews that are coming out and I spoke to him about um, his play last year because he, he wasn't necessarily poor last year. I think confidence had a great deal to do with it and we've seen him, uh, how many breakaways he had last year, especially the early part and he'd either just completely miss the net or he'd try and do something that wasn't necessarily needed and he's had, again, countless breakaways this year and I can't remember the last one he missed and... I, I just personally, so having spoken to him about it, he, confidence is a, is a massive part for him. Do you remember what Mike Blaisdell said when he signed Eberly last year? He said, he's a player that you're really going to like. And I don't think many people could see what Mike was on about last year. And I think this year you really can. He's really showing his quality. He practices in the off-season with some really high-quality players. And I think we're starting to see the benefit of that now, this season. Ken Simpson with grit was how... Uh... Mm. Mike described Kensington. Tan. Kensington without grit was good enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but that's how he de- how he described him. Um, anything else we want to throw around tonight? Anything interesting happened on the bench, Dean? No. That, do, do you know what? You kind of it was a flat building tonight, wasn't it? Just mm. just flat all around, and and that's not suggesting in any way that the boys were flat on the bench, but. Um, you just get, didn't get that feel of electricity like you usually get down there. But then again, once again, I, I didn't get the feeling that we were ever going to kind of lose tonight. Was there a few times when I thought, oh, it's a little bit tight, it's a little bit close, yeah. But you just always got that feeling that we were going to find something. The Davy Phillips, uh, Eddie, uh, our thoughts across the board on that. But you, you, you were taking the photos of it. I like stuff like that. A little bit different, a little bit uh, interesting. Uh, I mean, luckily he didn't aim at any fans or anything like that. That's always a bonus, I get. But that would uh, have been Michael Davies. He'd have speared some extremities. <laughs> it would have just flown out to the left somewhere, wouldn't it, poor swine? Yeah, he would have yeah. been... Uh, but good, Eddie. Yeah, and it's, it's a word, really, for how David Phillips has played. I think I think it was Peter that mentioned it um, in the media room after period one, how outstanding him and Ben were in that 20 minutes. And I think together... Ben's getting a lot more confidence back I in his game. I couldn't give a monkey's toss if Ben O'Connor doesn't score from now to the end of time. I think he's playing really well. And I know some people get on his back, but that's just because it's easy to get on Benny's back. He he's playing well. Lowest shooting percentage of anyone who scored a goal this season. Yeah. But he doesn't need to. No, he like, doesn't. No, he last, last year, he was being relied on to score goals because the team as a whole weren't scoring goals. So he was the man last year, especially on that power play. He'll feel the pressure too, because you know Benny, and he's like that, and he's a confidence guy. But like we saw some of the highlights, you know, a couple of the back end. He's, he's playing with that jump, isn't he? And there's one incident tonight, I think it was in the first period, where the pucks flipped over the top. Manchester looked like they're going to get onto a breakaway. How he picks it out of the air, pulls it down, does a little spin, takes it up and all of a sudden Sheffield are on the attack again and there's there's only a few players in the Elite League that can do that and you'd trade Ben O'Connor for, you know, umpteen amounts of import D-men, wouldn't you, Absolutely. to, to you know, you'd take him in Anybody in any who thinks team. we're a better team without him, he's crackers. Absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting that um, O'Connor and Phillips are listed as the third pair on the game sheet but they're always the Steelers' first defensive pair even if they're not first out on the ice. 
they are the Steelers pair that you I want out there in a in a big situation because they've built that trust up over the years and the combination and the understanding that they have together, it just works so well. Give us the uh, the fixtures for tomorrow, uh, Jonathan, because I know obviously we're in Coventry. I think Nottingham and Cardiff do they? Yeah, uh... Cardiff uh, host Nottingham. Glasgow are at home to Fife, Manchester at home to Dundee, Guildford at home to Belfast. So we could do with a Guildford win there, couldn't we? Guildford need you know a couple of points to separate them. Who do we want to win out of Cardiff and Nottingham? Nottingham now. Nottingham. Yeah, sure Nottingham now because yeah. they've yeah. dropped some points yeah. tonight. Yeah. So yeah. they they were beaten five two. That still five, doesn't three. that still doesn't sit right with me. I got to tell you, <laughs> but I know you're right, and, <laughs> and we should we should be cheering them. But he's still there's something oh, no, still. Whoa, no, we're not cheering. cheering them. Them. Yeah, no, no. yeah there is something just just uncomfortable to me about that. Yeah, I've yeah. Seen, I put out earlier today the. the I got told off by Jonathan earlier for a Nottingham comment. I'll tell you about it. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the standings if the Earhart Conference still existed. The Steelers have, have played more games and have, have got more points. But what that means then is that not everybody can come past the Steelers. If someone wins, someone else has got to lose. So one of Cardiff or Nottingham is dropping points tomorrow. Even if it's just one, the Steelers, if they win, will gain on one of their rivals tomorrow. And there's plenty of other meetings between those teams still to come this season. That lead at the top is, is looking better and better. So if both... Well, if Nottingham can win tomorrow, that puts both them and Cardiff nine points back if the Steelers do their job. If Nottingham lose tomorrow and have a zero-point weekend, do you think that takes them out of the race for the title now? Because a couple of no, people... No, were... they, they, they could beat the Steelers twice and it, it, it soon turns around for them. So, yes, it makes it much more difficult, but no, they wouldn't be out of it. But is it in their hands anymore? Uh, I'd have to double-check, but I don't think it would be if they lost to Cardiff. They've got such a lot of games. I mean, one what, thing is, it, when, I, when I sit on my computer and I've got my schedule on my Outlook computer that most of us use, don't we? And I look down now, after Wednesday against Newcastle, we don't play midweek. And yeah, I think... We haven't played Newcastle for a while. Sorry, not Newcastle. <laughs> Who are we playing? <laughs> Glasgow. 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 Wish we were playing Newcastle. Um, <laughs> but, uh, well... That's the only Wednesday when I look down my roster each Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, and then we don't play every Saturday, Sunday. And that surely, that congestion of, of fixtures is going to catch up on some of the others, you would hope. And I'm surprised big clubs like them have, have let it go on so long and didn't play a couple more fixtures early. But have we suffered from playing all those games early? Is that where our injuries have piled up? Because we haven't had the time to rest early in the season. We get the time to rest, hopefully, after Wednesday. No more midweek fixtures. But have we paid the price for playing but all those games in September and October? If we got 14 groin injuries and we got a calf injury and a couple of hamstrings, I'd say yes. But we've had Johnson hand. Johnson hand. So that, that, that's not by a lot of games. Dowd, unlucky. So the big ones, Batawa, they haven't been... Hamstrings, they haven't been uh, groins, they haven't been those type of injuries. So I don't think that's the reason that we've been injured. I think, you know, we've just been unlucky with with a lot of them. And especially with all the effort that Paul Tether and his team of physios and the doc and obviously all the work that Danny does as well. Like, this is a really fit don't start. Don't Danny too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the work that they put in, like, there was the video that we put out on Friday of Duba and the kids... Um, Brilliant to it was still 50 minutes after practice and that's the attention to detail that these players are putting in and it's not just last week it is pretty much every week every training session and 
I'm I'd rather be in the position where we had all these injuries early part of the season and we are relatively fit going into the running than a team that are having to chuck all these almost extra fixtures in and getting a the odd hamstring pulled a a slight tear of another muscle because if they're then having to rush them back to get them into the side because they miss them and then they only play our weekend but then have to have another weekend out I think where we are health wise at the minute I I think we're in a very good spot. Okay, I just want two words off you all here. Two words off you all. Wednesday night, Cardiff play Nottingham in the semi-final of the Challenge Cup. Who do you want to win, first of all? Who do you think will win? I just want you to say those those words. Who you want? Who you think, Pete? I want Nottingham in the final. I think Cardiff will win. I want Cardiff. I actually don't care who wins. I want Cardiff and I think Cardiff same again. One Cardiff. Cardiff will win. Nottingham scare me at the minute. Nottingham are the team throughout the entirety of the league that scare me. They're still going to scare you in six weeks. They scare you at the minute. We're not playing them at the minute. We're playing them in six weeks. Oh, we might be playing at, them in six weeks. At the minute, weeks. thinking about well, the well, fact... We're playing them in one week, so... Yeah. So, so I, I look at them now. I look at what they can do. The fact that they've they've got that typical sort of Tim Wallace mentality. We love Tim up here. We, we've got a lot of time for Tim. And that Tim Wallace mentality are kind of working and working and working and grinding it out. That scares me, that. And for that reason, and it may sound crazy, for that reason, I th- at the minute, I would rather have Cardiff in a final. JJ, fair challenge, fair point. Well, I think the same in six weeks. Who knows? Based on now, it's Cardiff and Cardiff for me. Nottingham, Nottingham. Sheffield have never lost a one-off final to Nottingham. Nottingham, Nottingham. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that we're saying nice things about them earlier. We want them to beat Cardiff. Then we want them to beat this. got to tell you, JJ gave me a bit of a look earlier um, we were talking about uh, we were talking to David Phillips and then David Phillips we're talking how did we get on to Pete Russell Pete Russell was watching the game tonight and, and seeing how well David played and then we got on Pete Russell Pete Russell's second you know third lowest budget team in DL2 and he's second in that league I think he's only a couple of points off first place one of the most motivational coaches I've ever I've ever heard and witnessed in a locker room and things like that Pete Russell mm. Absolutely fantastic at getting the boys fired up. Never heard anybody better. But we then got onto the stage that his partner in crime, Corey Nelson, he's now in the bottom four going into the playdowns. And I was saying that was good because <laughs> it was Corey Nelson. And JJ gave me a bit of a telling off, saying I shouldn't think like that about Nottingham people after they've left for three years. <laughs> I think JJ's wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We thank you for your efforts on this podcast and for all your time on Steelers TV. Good, good luck back in Hull. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't, it, wouldn't it sort of make the decision to for him to have left be even more galling for the Nottingham fans if he was just tearing it up everywhere else and thinking, oh, if we still had him, we'd be doing better. Than no, we. no, no, we don't want him to do very well at all, no. no. Um, do we win in Coventry tomorrow, Pete? I think, well, I said this before the game. Are you going? I? No, I'm not going. But I, I said out of the two games this weekend, Coventry was the one that I was most worried about. They've got a new netminder. Obviously, Luke Ferrara's been in great form for them. I think that they're probably the team that will sneak in and get that eighth place. If not if not a little bit higher in the playoffs. Um, so I'm a bit worried about Coventry at the they're moment. They're not going to be eighth. They're going to be well above eighth, aren't they? Coventry? Oh, yeah, yeah. Coventry. Coventry are going well, but they're, they're, yeah, they're home and host, aren't they, for, for uh, playoffs? But for a while, I've never liked going no, into Coventry. It's a place that I think is it's a bit like Manchester. In, even though it's an arena team, I don't like going there. It's 
the crowd's on top of you, and I just, I, I never, I never feel like we're we're out of the woods in playing in the Sky Dome. Got to have a good penalty kill tomorrow. That's you know, Ferrara's been unbelievable on the power play. For Fair that play season. to the lad as well. Eh? Oh Absolutely. yeah, terrific. He's, uh, you know, he's a real difference maker and a go-to guy for them. And if the Steelers, well, one, stay out of the box, but two, if they don't, then kill well. Can any team live with the Steelers five on five? Doesn't look like it. And this goals tonight take them up to one hundred and fifty even strength goals. Nottingham a second on I think what one hundred and eight okay. miles behind. So in a five on five game, the Steelers should be anybody. But if we give three power play goals away, then yeah. we can lose to anybody. Yeah. Just quickly, we talked about Cardiff and Nottingham. Does anybody see any problem on Wednesday night here? Um. Not so much as a problem, but I think we might see a different kind of um, Glasgow performance, having lost on Friday night. They've, was it, which Haywood was it? They've lost now. They've lost a few the weeks. import Haywood, yeah. haven't they, for the year? So, yeah. But they still only one import down. They've lost two imports and they've got a spare. So well, actually... the goalie. Yeah. Yeah, I, and Colleen ain't going to start. If Colleen hasn't no, started I mean, tonight... And... A, a good a good netminder. We saw the, the situation he was in at the end of Edinburgh's time. You know, facing fifty shots a night, he's battle hardened. He's toughened. He's a good netminder. He'll give them a chance. You is know, he going to be one of those nights where we all come in here thinking it's all over and it's going to, be, and all of a sudden it's just going to drag? It's not going. To, it's it's just going to be one of those what? awkward nights. Obviously, going to be a night we're going to come uh, in I, here. And, I think we got some forwards here. We'll go. Why night? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and it was a different night tonight. We had. I'm hoping that this is the flat night that I expected yeah. on Wednesday, and that yeah. I know Valley scored, but. There wasn't that almost X factor, yeah. was there, about the star that, players? That makes me feel a little bit better about tomorrow, that we've had a bad night. Like, say we'd have gone and beat them tonight 10-3, something like that. Then I'd be thinking, oh, my God, Coventry tomorrow. But we didn't play great tonight. No. But that gives me a little bit of... Maybe, maybe tomorrow's the, the the night this weekend that we're going to come and see the, the kind of Steelers hockey we've got used to. So I'm, I'm with you all the way on that. I Coventry, you've... You, You've got to expect us to go down there and get a result, haven't you? But in that building on a Sunday night, uh, as JJ says, a couple of penalties, a couple of power play goals, oh, who knows? But you've, you've got to, you've I'll got be to very, expect I'll be very, very, very How happy many of us would this. settle for a point tomorrow? No. No. Uh, no. Would you? Not anymore. We can't now. We, we can't be settling for points with where we are in the title race. But as, as, you, as you tick off all the sort of losable games... Every game's losable, but I don't think, I don't we've got think a couple many... of Guildfords left, haven't we? And there, yeah, there two trips to Guildford. Yeah, yeah. I, I would be delighted if the Steelers can take two points from those two games. Um, and I sort of got this one down as a. I think I would take one point. Okay. Okay. And I'm the opposite. He's I the math. He's the math. He's the math teacher. He's I the math teacher. He, I, he's been. I think we can all add one. So I think that's too much. Yeah. <laughs> for us. I don't know. I'm sitting next to Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else before we go? Anything, Dean? Oh, yeah. so so coming. I know we're jumping back probably ten minutes now. But last point on Ben O'Connor. He's not scored a goal this season. But he's had yeah. He's got one. He got one empty Apologies, one empty netter. But I've got to say. For me, this is the best defensive season I've seen of Benny for in the years I've been watching him. I mean, he's still got the the points from the point of view of the assist, of the assist so he's still doing a cracking job offensive-wise, but from the point of view of his defensive play, I think, for me, this is <coughs> Benny's best defensive season that I've seen. OK, final point, Alex? I just think, again, it's a case of keep things rolling and 
like we've just spoken about, tomorrow's not so much as a huge game, but it could tell us an awful lot of how things are going to go over the next few weeks because it could be a, a stumbling block, but we could go and play again another gritty road game and come out on top. OK, you going tomorrow? Uh, there's potential. Excellent. OK, there'll be pizza in the... Uh, what's it? Uh, what's Rob Placer's company called? RJ, DRP, yeah, the DRP box will be having pizza. Come and join us. We're all going tomorrow, yeah? Get us all into Rob's box. JJ, final. Just one final Thomas Duber stat with his win today. He moves to a 75% win record, 33 and 11 as the Steelers goalie. He's been terrific, isn't he? And he's got his saves average down as well. And just to say as well, Aaron said something really interesting in the interview I did about the fact that they'd had what he thought was their best week of practice this week. And it's interesting to then see sometimes that does transfer into quite a flat night on, on the Saturday. So hopefully they can take the good week of practice they've had, get that, this game out of the way, and then kick on tomorrow. 30 years I've been doing this, 35. And every time a coach says to you, oh, it's a Friday quote, isn't it? <laughs> a great week of practice. Great week of practice, great week of practice, and then something happens. Hey, guys, I, I enjoy this final little, I think this is a good little uh, roundup. I've got to say, I think it's a better podcast with me and Pete in it, I'm not going to lie. Well, I have to tell you that um, the numbers were down last week, actually. Dean, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hey, thanks for listening, folks, and uh, we'll be back uh, next week after a game against those old Panthers. <laughs>